0: Hi, I'm Leah. And I'm Vicki. And welcome to our podcast, Spilling the Spirituality, where we are serving up a cup of what's hot in the spiritual community. We invite you
1: to grab a cup of your favorite beverage and join our conversation. Hi everybody, I'm Leah and I'm here with Vicky today for our next episode of our podcast. And today we kind of want to talk about something a little bit more personal. And today we're going to be sharing a little bit more of Vicky's story and some stuff that's come up for her. And I do want to add a little bit of a content warning for this episode because we are going to be talking about... PTSD and some things that might be a little bit triggering for some people if you're still in it. Now, it doesn't seem to be like it's going to be too heavy or anything like that, but just so you know, death and dying are topics that are going to be covered in this podcast, just so you know it's coming up. But I'm going to be here with Vicki and she's going to share a little bit more of her story. And I'm very excited to hear more about what you've experienced, Vicki. So why don't you tell us, first of all, a little bit more about just your story in general, like your backstory and where you're coming from here.
0: Yeah, of course. Hi, everyone. Uh, so glad to be here. So basically, a little bit about me is, and I always start with this, but it's just the most significant part of my journey. Um, when I was 16, uh, I lost my mum very, very suddenly. It, it really was just overnight. One minute she was there and the next minute she very sadly passed away. And, and that kind of moment really for a long time just defined my whole life. And it really fueled a lot of the decisions I made for a long time. I really threw myself into working and I I felt like I needed to prove myself and I needed to be somebody because such a huge part of my life was missing. And I felt like so lost. And actually, for me, when I was 16 and I didn't seek help, I didn't seek external or outside help until I was in my late 20s. So, you know, I went a long time trying to do things on my own, trying to cope on my own and I didn't do a very good job of it. I say that with love and compassion for myself, but I really didn't do a great job of it. I was very, very hurt and I hurt a lot of people as well. So it was It was not until I really connected onto my spiritual path that I started to understand myself, understand my mind, understand how to cope really with these things. Because unfortunately, those aren't really things that you're taught how to deal with. Being a 16-year-old, your friends don't really know or have any experience on how to deal with these things either so what my friends were such a great support system for me but I was kind of looking to them to be my parents and to fill the void of my parents and that was so unfair of me um, but that is you know it's part of the trauma it's part of the, the emotional response is to fill that gap with with other things so I guess that's that's kind of a bit about what happened and it was only in 2016 where I really um, sought help. I was in a job which was very, very demanding. And it was pushing me to my limits, but it was also bringing to the surface all of the emotional trauma that I had never dealt with um, in losing my mom. And, and it's really important to point that out because often these, um, these triggers that come up seem so unrelated, but actually they are all linked together. And so once you do seek help, people can actually help you to join those dots up and really understand how those things are all interconnected um, and really set you on the journey of of healing. And that's certainly when my, my healing journey begun. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about what happened to me. And, uh, you know, if anyone's listening, who is, has gone through something similar, who has experienced anything similar, you know, my heart really goes out to you. And I hope that by talking about this today, this can, this can bring you some comfort and understanding about what you're
1: experiencing as well. So you said that you lost your mom really suddenly when you were 16. Do you mind if I ask what happened?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's really crazy. Like I just went to bed one night and um, I think she had some kind of heart failure. She wasn't a very well person. She, she had a lot of high blood pressure. She had a lot of medication, but no one really knew it was that serious. No one was expecting anything so sudden or drastic to happen. And, you know, we went to bed and she, she passed as she was sleeping and that was it it was very, very sudden. There was absolutely no warning. And I remember I was on half term as well at the time from college, I think. And, you know, I woke up as if nothing had happened. I was going about my day and it, and it was so weird looking back. I kind of knew something wasn't right because my mom was a childminder and she had commitments and a job and I woke up and I, I never thought anything of it. And so looking back, I, I guess it, it's really strange to to know that something like that could happen and you don't your body's almost in denial of anything being different. You don't, I didn't acknowledge that anything was different, even though if I'd really looked back on it, I would have seen that something wasn't right. So yeah, it was, it was just very sudden. And I think that's something that was always so difficult. And I actually was the only person in the house when it happened. And I did at the time, I remember hearing a strange noise. I heard something, it was kind of about one in the morning and I was like, Oh, I better, you know, I better get to bed or whatever. I was on the internet or doing whatever I was doing at one o'clock in the morning. And it it kind of shook me. I was like, what's that noise? And then I thought nothing of it. And I went to bed and I just ignored it. I just was like, Oh, it's nothing. So I think that's something that kind of plays on my mind as well. A lot. It's really like, I, I never really carried guilt as such, but I definitely carried the shame around, around what, like how I coped with it and And how I never really dealt with it. I think that's, I never felt guilt about I could have done something, what could I have done? But I did feel the shame around um, around how it affected me and how I was never like everyone else and how I was so different. And I think that's the part I really, really struggled with. Mm
1: -hmm. So you were the 16 year old and you woke up and everything changed, which is traumatic for anybody, you know, especially at such a formative age. But you mentioned that you started to act out a little bit afterwards. Can you say a little bit more about what that meant? Yeah, I had a lot of anger. I was
0: so angry. And I was probably angry with the world for what happened. I didn't understand it. I was not spiritual at all (laughs) as a sixteen-year-old. Vicky, like she didn't really know anything about this community or or how it could help. I mean, you know, my mom was actually quite spiritual. I think so. I think she knew about it and she believed certainly in the afterlife and spirits and all that kind of stuff. But but for me, I, I really didn't know much about it, and so I just was so angry. And I had no control over my emotions um, my my emotions controlled me for sure for many, many years. in every situation in in personal relationships in in work relationships, I just couldn't deal with ev- anything that was happening around me and so I had a very, very short fuse as well. It would not take a lot to kind of set me off or to to get really really angry and I think a lot of what I did as well is I carried around. of the pain and I, i i learned from from when i was going to therapy that what i was really doing is stacking things on top of each other and kind of catastrophizing everything because I couldn't deal with what was the situation in hand. So I would push it down and push it down and and let things build up. And that really contributed to the short fuse, I suppose, I had. And and it reminds me of that um, iceberg model. I don't know if any, if you know this or if you've seen this, but it's this iceberg, and it shows all of the um, like 80% of the iceberg is like underwater, and there's this tiny little tip on the top, and that kind of that's what people see and they don't see everything that's going on underneath and that that kind of tip for me was just this kind of really really angry angry person that that couldn't couldn't handle anything and and that was difficult it was it's really difficult to know that you've behaved in a way that's actually may have hurt so many other people and you haven't done it intentionally and you didn't know what was wrong with you And I've always found it really, really tough to wear this label of I have this. Like I've always been able to say like my mom died, but I've never been able to say I suffer with PTSD or I've suffered with PTSD because I feel like I feel the judgment. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel like, why can't I just be fixed? Why can't I just be healed? Why why do I have to experience this? So a lot of it was just trying to, to pull away from what, what was actually happening.
1: Yeah. So it's almost like there's the trauma itself and then what the trauma takes from us later, whenever we have these different experiences and we have different reactions to the way that we navigate life afterwards and without any kind of education without any kind of guidance it's very difficult to pull yourself out of that hole so what made you decide that things something had to change
0: that's such an interesting question and i think i mentioned it before i was i'd started this new job and i i'd kind of really sold myself to get this job it was a huge step up for me it was a huge challenge and i was like I, I think I just couldn't deal with the responsibility. It was pushing me to new limits and new boundaries that I'd never experienced before. Um, it was requiring something from me that I, I really didn't have. I I wasn't able to pull myself together and present myself as this put together person. You know and it, it takes a lot of effort to be that person <laughs> in a work environment um and because you know keep your your traumas and everything else separate because you don't want to bring that into work or at least that was the stigma and I think at that point I really realized that there was this link between my career and my my emotional side and And everything that had happened to me, I didn't even go to speak to someone about my mom dying, I went to go and seek help for how do I handle this in the workplace? How do I do this? How do I do that? So even at that point, I I guess there was some kind of denial. Um, But it was really because I, I I was struggling with the responsibility that was required from me to, to be in society and to, you know, be who I thought I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So it it really presented itself in a a different situation. But as I, you know, as anything, you go in with one thing and, and you kind of over a few months realize that it is all connected. And that's where I started to see this separation just disintegrate. And I realized that, what happens in one area of my life affects another area of my life. So that's really how that, that journey started. And then after that, um, I, I did a lot of things off my own back. I I read books. I got into the personal development side. For me, I started out very much in, in terms of mindset, and it really wasn't very spiritual, But as I started exploring this world, I came across spiritual teachers whose message resonated with me, whose message helped me understand what was happening to me. And it really, it actually gave me something to believe in. And I think that was the biggest thing. It was believing in something that I couldn't see, something that wasn't tangible. And knowing that there was actually a reason why this had happened and and also accepting that it wasn't final because I I kind of felt like everything was, was so final and I felt like this moment had just defined my whole life and it was going to continue. So having that shift of actually thinking, no, there is a reason this has happened. And this is maybe just the start of my journey. Maybe there's something so, profound and spectacular that I can do with this experience that can change other people's lives. And that was really, you know, it was really a huge journey to get to that place. But as I started experiencing that shift, I just got something so I got this this message of hope. And hope is something so powerful when you feel despair, when you feel lost and when you feel alone. Hope is probably one of the most powerful things you can experience. And that I think that drives me every day. Hope that there's something better. Hope that I can get better. Hope that I can heal. Hope that I can
1: continue to help others heal as well. Thank you for sharing all of that. So one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking and something that we've spoken about before, and I think it's really timely for what you're speaking of right now, though, is Oftentimes, we go through these really life defining experiences or these things that make us start seeking different answers. You know, sometimes that experience is the trauma itself and that does it, or sometimes it's years later when something else forces it to kind of all blow up in your face. And whenever you feel like there's nothing else you can do to manage it, we start looking for answers in other places. And something that we've discussed though is that you know, the spiritual community brings so much relief at first because you start feeling like you're getting some answers and there's a lot of positivity and there's a lot of hope and hope is so important. Hope is a really, really important part of understanding that there can be healing because I think sometimes whenever we've been in this place where we've been in the darkness for so long, we forget that there can be lights. We forget that things can come back to balance. We forget that there's a different future that we can have. We kind of tell ourselves these stories that this is how my life has to be now. Or, you know, even though I'm carrying this green grief, maybe there's a way that I can still find happiness, even though sometimes we still carry that grief with us as we move forward. But one of the things that I've noticed with this hope thing is I find a lot of the discourse when we start talking about the spiritual stuff, it ends with the hope and there's not really a lot of the how the process is still affecting us as we go through it, you know, and there is so much hope for healing, guys. I'll tell you my story on another day, but at the same time, I'll never step away from the idea of sharing hope with people. But I think what people need to understand as we talk about this hope is we start getting this hope and we start thinking we can change our mindset and we start thinking we can change our way of being and then all of a sudden we find ourselves still struggling emotionally and we wonder what we're doing wrong and we start blaming ourselves. And we start thinking that, you know, there there must be something wrong with me, or I'm going to manifest something terrible into my life if I can't get my stuff together. Or clearly I'm creating this because there's a lot of rhetoric around us creating our reality. And although that's kind of true, you know, I don't really feel like you've made the choice or anybody's made the choice to create these traumas in their life. I don't feel that if you don't know that you have a different choice, that you really have a choice. If you don't know that you have a choice, if that makes sense. But also I think it's important for people to understand that even as we start healing even as we start finding hope and even as we start building this new life, um, sometimes those those emotions still catch up with us. And especially if we have something as severe as PTSD or complex PTSD, there's something that happens to our nervous system that changes the way that we interact with the world. And there's nothing wrong with you if you're still experiencing those things. And I'm bringing this up because part of why Vicky wanted to share her story today was because she had something she wanted to share that happened to her recently. And despite the fact that she's doing so well, and I'm so proud of her, and I mean that in the least condescending way possible, um, <laughs> you know, there's still moments that we both have that we all have where we still struggle and I'd like to give you an opportunity to share that Vicky if you'd like to
0: yes of course that's that's exactly the reason why I reached out to you to do this episode and um it's really interesting because I think what I've described up until now is kind of what I view as phase one and like phase Two is sort of the years in between 2016 and 2018, where I was really focused on this mindset, 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 exactly what you've described. And I fell into every single trap of, doing all of the mindset things doing all of the gratitude and journaling and affirmations and still wondering why i didn't feel good or why it was only temporary or what was wrong with me and so as i really started exploring the spiritual community i i actually realized that a lot of people were building their message from this sort of mindset very mindset and manifestation focused message which can also be another thing i wanted to say about that is it can be very very damaging especially if you're suffering with ptsd but you know, looking back on my own journey, even more so if you're suffering with PTSD and you're not even acknowledging that you are, and that you're not being aware that you you are suffering with this. So it can be very, very triggering and very, very damaging. I've been on this journey for so many years, but even up until this week, I experienced something which really, really sent me into a spiral. And as I was thinking about how I'm going to tell this story, I realized it was a whole build-up of things. It was an amalgamation of things, which is exactly what I've described in, in the beginning of of the podcast, you know, and I I was describing how I'd layer things. And so I'm going to just talk a little bit about what some of those layers are and how it played out in the end trigger. So I've been dealing this week with a conflict, a personal conflict with some neighbors and I was actually writing an article about this. I had a great breakthrough with it, but I, I really struggled to bring all the messages together. And sometimes once you've experienced something and you feel so great that you've had this breakthrough, it can be very difficult to articulate the message and, and almost relive it and relive the pain and relive this conflict, especially when it's still raw. And especially when you're still feeling all of these emotions. So that was kind of one piece of the puzzle that was going on this week that contributed to this buildup. And again, these things feel very separate, but they are very connected. You know, very recently I'd watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy. It was, I think it was season 17, episode nine. And it's a whole episode about Teddy and her experience with PTSD. And it shows how she suffered with PTSD since losing someone in 9-11. Very, very suddenly, it was the love of her life. Went to work that day in 9-11 and she died. And obviously it's it's a TV show. But the whole episode was focused on this. And several years later it was showing Teddy and she just had this major breakdown. And it was like no one around could understand what was happening and so that was really playing on my mind watching that and feeling the emotions and being able to relate to everything that had happened but also then going online and seeing a lot of people saying this was a waste of an episode oh my god this was so boring and I was like wow there is so much work to be done here because people clearly don't understand this message people do not understand this disorder so those were a couple of things that had been going on this week which had really built up to this and also um for about the past year now I I've been having some visitors, which a lot of people who know me uh, will know about, and they are my my fox friends. They've been coming to visit me for a year now. And the reason I'm telling you this is because they have been a huge, huge part of my healing journey. They were also um, (laughs) they were also to do with the conflict that I was writing about in my article. And so everything was very kind of heated. And so all of these things had been going on. And then one evening, I was sitting downstairs in my front room and my partner left the room. She just went upstairs. Um, She didn't say anything. About 10, 15, 20 minutes had passed and she didn't come down. And I I just kind of went into this bit of panic mode. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And I came upstairs and everything was fine. But it triggered something so deeply into me that someone had left without telling me where they were going someone had left suddenly I thought they weren't coming back and it triggered me so deeply that I just sort of went into an emotional spiral I couldn't I didn't know what was going on and I was trying to rationalize it because I knew that she'd not done anything but I didn't understand why my body was reacting to all of these things in this way. And as I kind of took a moment to breathe, like it took me a while to come out of that state. I actually had to go in the bathroom and just lay down in the darkness because I didn't know what to do with myself. I'd felt this anger and this rage and this hurt. And this upset that I hadn't felt for years. And I thought I'd been making so much progress. And I know how much seeing these foxes have helped me grieve, actually grieve the loss of my mom. They have made, they have helped me to feel connected with her, you know, and they have brought me messages that I, I couldn't have, you know, I couldn't have received without them. And so today I kind of was reflecting on everything that had happened and I was like, wow, that, that whole thing was linked to my mom leaving so suddenly, and feeling like everyone was going to leave suddenly without telling me. And it just was such a relief. But also, I, I just, I felt like I talked about earlier, I just felt so much shame. I was like, I don't feel like I can, I don't feel like I'm worthy of feeling like this. Is this a real thing? There's a part of me that still feels like this is not a real thing. And that I'm not entitled to feel this way and what if i'm just making it all up and and what if it's not real mm-hmm. um and i i think those are the parts that i was really hiding away from and i i think that's why it was so important for me to speak this out because you know if i'm feeling like this and i'm committed to this journey and i know so many people are committed to this journey what about the people who don't even know what's going on with them what about these people who are experiencing these emotions without even an ounce of an understanding about what's happening. Because that feeling, when it comes around, it knocks you off your feet, no matter how much healing you've been doing, no matter how spiritual you are, you're not exempt from those emotions. And I think that was really the message that I had to share. It was none of us are exempt from this, but don't feel like you are not worthy of experiencing what you are and just reach out to someone. Like I reached out to Leah and I was like, I kind of told her and then I apologized and I was like, oh, I'm sorry for oversharing. And then it turned into this episode. So I think there can be good that can come from these things as well. And I think that's what I want to use this experience for, to share
1: this message with other people that it can help them. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I'm glad that you're feeling a little bit better than you were yesterday, but I just want to say to you are worthy and you are entitled to feel however you feel, just because sometimes we need to hear that. And that's, that applies to everyone who's listening to this. You're entitled to feel however you feel. And I think one of the things that I've struggled with in the spiritual community is this manifestation kind of crowd that demonizes quote-unquote negative emotions. I don't even believe there's a thing such as negative emotions, but I think we all know what we're talking about when we say negative emotions, as if that's not part of the human experience, as if that's not something that we're entitled to experience and that it's gonna create something that we don't wanna create. And although I do believe in manifestation, I don't believe that negative quote-unquote emotions are actually negative energy. What happens is we are unconscious of our negative emotions. Whenever they are unconscious, we create from them without realizing it. So to use your example, Vicky, sometimes whenever we've had this kind of like trauma, there's a little bit of abandonment there too. And then you you were triggered by almost like this abandonment cue by your partner. And ironically, what can happen when this kind of thing happens, and I've done this over and over again, is we will start to want this closeness because we're afraid of being abandoned. And then what do we do? We have this emotional reaction. We go into fight or flight and then we push people away mm-hmm. with our anger, with our other stuff. You know, this is so common of how we end up creating a reality that we don't want because of unhealed trauma, where whenever we go into that hypervigilant fight or flight mode back into our trauma, we start creating from like this survival place instead of kind of integrating those emotions with our thoughts and our logical brains, and all of those things, because n- neither is superior than the other, our emotions and our logical brains need to work together, you know, so it's something that we often do. And this was a big part of my journey as well is understanding that my emotional experience was coming from somewhere else, because I can speak to remembering being in a place before I had this emotional awareness And I would have all of these emotions. And whenever I was angry, it was because I was righteous. You know what I mean? There wasn't something else going on. It was everyone around me was the problem. And everything that was going on was I was the victim of and that sort of thing. And, you know, whenever you're angry, you don't necessarily feel like there's something else going on with you. You feel like the thing that's going on with you is the people around you. But as a therapist, one of the things I've had to teach people is that the exact same thing could happen to you. That could happen to me. And we could have a completely different reaction. We like to think it's the event that causes the emotion, but usually it's the event that triggers a belief that we have about the event that then triggers the emotion, right? So if you believe that somebody going upstairs might lead to death or something, which is fair considering what has happened to you, you're going to have one emotional reaction. Whereas if I was there, I'd be like, I might be like, oh, thank God I can read my book now. My partner's upstairs. You know what I mean? So objectively <laughs> speaking, there's not a right reaction to this. It really does have always. Have have to do with what we believe about what's going on. And that's not to say that your belief is even wrong. Like sometimes I think this is where people butcher this thing. They'll be like, "Oh, well you just need to stop believing all of these things and just always think positively." That's not true either. You know, we cro- we look both ways when we cross the street because we know there's danger there. It's okay to understand that there are things in this world that we need to protect ourselves from. So the problem is that whenever we don't integrate those parts of ourselves and we don't bring them to the surface, we often kind of can create outcomes that we don't want to create. And one of the things that I know as a therapist learning about PTSD is not every trauma causes PTSD. Not everybody gets PTSD from a trauma. A lot of people do. If you did, it's not your fault or anything like that. But what they believe might cause PTSD in some people and not others is that that processing doesn't catch up with the feelings. So like the feelings are over here, the brain's all the way back here. And since the brain hasn't caught up yet, then they're not like in, in sync and in, in, like they should be, if that makes sense. I'm oversimplifying this for the sake of a podcast, but bear with me. So basically a lot of times since our brain and our feelings, and our body is somewhere else, we have all this stuff stored in our body. We have our brain back here, still figuring things out because they haven't processed it yet. And that processing of those feelings is what's important for them to come out. There's no amount of mindset work or positive thinking that's going to fix that without you going through and releasing from your body, releasing from bringing your brain up to speed, all of those kinds of things. And even when we do a shit ton of work on ourselves, sometimes our bodies still take control. Sometimes we still have those triggers triggers and it is okay to have them. And it is okay to be part of that process. I wish I could say I'm still never triggered. I still get triggered, but I can tell you I'm not triggered like every day, like I used to be <laughs> now it's like everyone every month or so, you know what I mean? It changes. I, I hope that there's a way that we can get rid of triggers completely. I haven't found it yet personally, so I can't speak to that. I know there's a lot of really good research going on. Um, and a lot of ways we're kind of working on training our, our nervous system, Um, But without getting into something that could be a a topic for a whole other podcast, I think it's worth noting that there's no blame here whenever you've been through something. There's no self-blame. There's no guilt. There's no shame around experiencing these things. And no matter how much work you've done on yourself, it can still happen. And that's okay. And there's nothing wrong with it. And it's okay to experience that. And sometimes us telling ourselves these stories of we should be a certain way or feel a certain way or experience life a certain way makes things harder than it needs to be. So- yeah, that's just kind of what was coming to mind as you were sharing that. So thank you so much. Do you have anything else you'd like to add or any advice for anybody else who might be going through this?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people say reach out to someone, reach out to someone. And actually it took a lot. I didn't reach out until I was at my absolute limits. Okay. I was really being pushed so far to my limits. And, and like I said, even then I wasn't reaching out because of the trauma that had happened. I'm encouraging you to reach out to someone who you trust to try and listen to your body, listen to what is going on, really just be conscious and aware of what is going on in your body because the best thing you can do is recognize that something doesn't feel right. And I think for me, I really got to a stage where I I did think to myself, is this it? I wondered why I was here. I just kept having this, this doubt of like, why am I here? What am I here to do? Am I just here to suffer? Am I just here to feel this pain? And if that is something that you are experiencing, if you feel every day is is just the same filled with suffering, I want you to know that life should not be like that. This human experience is here to bring you joy and to bring you a full range of emotional experiences. However, if you are finding yourself in this space where something is just overtaking you every single day, the best thing you can do is reach out to someone. And I know how hard that is. It's so easy to say and so difficult to do. I remember the first time I I said to my friend, can I have the number for for this therapist that you see? And I remember making that call and my heart was in my mouth and I was so scared and I was so nervous. So I understand that. But there's so many resources available to you, even if you don't feel like you can pick up a phone. Find someone online, find someone whose message you can relate to and send them a message. Or, you know, some people find it easier to speak to a stranger. Some people find it easier to speak to a friend. Whatever feels good for you. There are no rules with this kind of stuff. There are no rules with healing. It's not linear. It's not time bound. It's just whatever works for you. So I really think just connecting with your body, just understanding how you feel and then taking that really brave first step and finding the courage to reach out to someone to
1: share your story with. Yeah, absolutely. And just remembering, too, that a lot of this stuff can't be bypassed with mindset work or thinking positively, and that's okay, too. You know, that's a trap that I think I fell into, too, which took my, it took my healing journey longer, because I just wanted to bypass it all. And I just wanted to jump to this healed person. And I just wanted to jump to healing other people, instead of working on myself. So sometimes this stuff is deeper and needs a healer, therapist, what have you. And there's, I'm feeling like five different podcast episodes where we can talk about, you know, needing help, how to get help, all of those kinds of things that I'm sure are coming up. So we'll work on providing those resources for you too. And we also have a group, so you're not alone. You know, if there's someone that you feel, you don't feel like you know where to start, then I hope that you realize that you can reach out. With us as well. So thank you, Vicky, so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It was really helpful for me as well to feel like I'm not alone. And it was very brave of you to share that. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for, you know, allowing me to share and just being there and and listening. And it's been really scary. It's been, you know, I'm not used to being this vulnerable. I'm not comfortable with being this open and knowing that the world might hear it. But it's you know it really helped by having someone like yourself there to to trust and listen to. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate. Um, and yes, please come and join us in our group, and um, we're holding that space for you as well. So you are not alone. No, you're definitely not alone.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, and we will see you next time. We will.